This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours terrorizing street corners just to try to get some supper in our hands. Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest screen bloody murder until someone understands that it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women. I make this noise just because I can. And we'll all join in to that original sin. So let's get rowdy and reckless. Let's get rowdy and reckless. Hello and welcome back to yet another edition of Old Man Strength. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley. Chris, how are we doing this evening? Exhausted. I'm exhausted from my trip. Yeah, so for those of you who listened to us the last episode, uh, we were... uh, uh, getting into the Iowa State football season, but this was before the Iowa State in Vegas game. Um, Chris, you had a little bit of an adventure getting back from Las Vegas. Apparently, uh, when they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, that means you, Chris Shipley stays in Vegas, huh? I stayed in a little longer than I needed to. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what the hell? Oh happened? man, it was so much of a shit show. We well, here's here's what happened. Here's the problem. First of all, I am not as tech savvy as I am when it comes to airplanes and traffic and and like booking flights. I'm terrible. I I get anxiety. I don't do it very often. I still like go to the counter and check in so I can get the paper ticket. Yeah. That's, we, we talked about this last time, I think about how nervous you were, not that you're afraid of flying, but just cause you're an old man who thinks that you need to like get something hand punched by like, <laughs> like a cabbie and a hat. Like you're right. Right. Yeah. So we booked these flights. I think we did it in like, I don't know, February. I think I did it through Expedia. Again, I've learned so much since then, but, you know, so I I chose a flight going uh, on American and coming back on Frontier. That's the first mistake. Two different airlines. Right. So that's that was that was my first mistake. Well, especially because the second airline is barely an airline. Right. Well, at the time, I did not know that. Um, but by doing that, we got a really pretty good deep discount on the hotel. So, I mean, overall, the, the cost of the trip was pretty affordable for us. Sure. So, sure. But at the time, Stacy was uh, was going to be teaching and we were going to try to leave Thursday evening mm-hmm. so that she didn't have to take an extra day off of work. Yeah. So the only flight we could find on Thursday so that we would have all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday and come home on Monday was an afternoon flight that took off at four o'clock in Des Moines and flew to Charlotte. And then from Charlotte, that's the opposite direction to to (laughs) Vegas, by the way, I'm aware. And then from (laughs) Charlotte to Las Vegas. But since that was the only time that we could go and that was the only flight I booked it. Sure. But then I was able to book a direct flight 
or I'm sorry, then I was able to book a flight coming home on Monday that would fly into Denver, stay in Denver for a couple hours, and then fly home to Des Moines. So we were all set. So then, I don't know, like a month and a half, two months later, I get an email from an American. They changed the flight times on that departure flight from Des Moines to 11.50 during the day. So I, I had to let Stacy know, and she's like, "Okay, well, I'll just take the I'll just take the day off." Well, then I'm like, "Okay, well, if I got to fly out during the middle of the day, I don't really want to fly to fucking Charlotte." Mm-hmm. So I went to go look to see if I could change that flight, and sure enough, the at that point the flight prices were outrageous. Oh yeah, so I was for like, sure. Okay, we'll we'll just fly to Charlotte. A week later, I get an email from Frontier. They changed the Frontier flight. We were still leaving on Monday. But we were landing in Denver at like five in the afternoon. And then our flight home wasn't going to happen until the following Tuesday, the next day at like 11 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, we can't spend 12 fucking hours in Denver. Like that doesn't it was. But the, but I mean, that that's frontier. They have to like build a plane uh, from scratch in between flights uh, because the, the balsa wood falls apart. Uh, after the, the last flight. <laughs> uh, so immediately I, I call Stacy. I'm like, well, that's not going to work because you can't take another day off and we're not spending a night in Denver. That's just not going to happen. So then we decided we were going to cut our vacation short and I was able to find a flight on Frontier for Sunday that was straight through. Mm-hmm. So I booked it for Sunday. Well, then. I don't know, about a month later, I, I got an email from Frontier that I had these credits and I couldn't figure out what they were for. By the way, FYI, as shitty as their airline is, their email communication is that much bad because the email didn't <laughs> tell me what my credit was. It just said you had a credit and to click this link to redeem it. So then I was like, I don't know what this credit is. So I clicked on it. Well, as I'm floating around, I see that they've now re-added a flight to Monday. That's a direct flight from Vegas to Des Moines. Uh, at 3.15 and I'd get home at 8 o'clock at night and it was after all said and done it was only going to cost me $40 to change that flight so I was like well fuck I'll just change it so that we can have our all day Sunday yeah right okay so that's all done and though, and every once in a while I would go in and I would look at the app and I'd be like eh like I'm not, I don't know how that worked but I mean it's there it's got the right dates so it must have worked you know that was my anxiety of did I fuck something up Am I flying now into Alaska and I don't really realize it? I mean, sure. you know, um, so we get to Vegas. Uh, it's great. And, you know, we can talk about all that. But then so Monday we check out of the hotel at about 11. We drive over to the airport because we don't have anything else to do. And we would have to check in by like one o'clock anyways. By the way, checked in on my phone, had my tickets on my phone. I, I navigated that. Turns out it's much more simpler than I thought. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't need the paper tickets. I don't, whoops. I don't need the paper tickets. So I've evolved. <laughs> so we get through, we get through uh, T, uh, TSA. Sure. We, we get in line to get some, some lunch. We finish lunch. We walk over to our gate. It's about 1.15, two hours before our flight. We sit down at the gate. We haven't sat down five minutes. And here comes the announcement. Flight 1958 to Des Moines has been canceled. Did she just fucking say canceled? Mm-hmm. And everybody around us is like, what? 
So yeah, yeah, no, I, I had friends going through the same thing, and I was like, you know, a cancellation before you get to the airport is one thing, but when you're literally just sitting there. So I walk up and I say, I'm sorry, what what flight did you just cancel? And she goes, the flight to Des Moines. Why? Well, we don't know, but you'll have to go back downstairs and go back to the ticket booth and re, and then they'll they'll make arrangements for you. Okay. And there's probably, I don't know, 20 or 30 people there that are, that have, because it was still two hours before the flight. So there wasn't a lot of people there. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get downstairs and everybody gets in this line and we're all waiting. We're all wondering what's going on. And pretty soon this person from frontier is walking down the line and talking to people and you can see people getting visibly pissed off in the line. Yeah. And they walk over and this one lady walks over to us and goes, unless you want to go home on Thursday, they fucking can't help you. And I was like, what? Yeah. They're offering to fly everybody back out of here Thursday. That's their next available flight. Oh my God. Thursday. So then now, and while I was waiting in line, I had a sneaky suspicion we weren't going to get a flight. So I was on my app and I looked at Southwest and saw a flight for Southwest. But I told Stacey, I go, I don't, I don't know what to do here because I don't know what they're going to try to do if they give us, you know, if they give us vouchers and we got to use those. I, so then as soon as that lady said that, I went to go refresh the app and and that, that flight from Southwest got full. Sure. Well, because because everyone was doing the exact same thing. Right. So I instantly get on and I look at uh, Allegiant and I find a flight at Allegiant that is flying at four o'clock straight mm-hmm. through. So I'm fumbling in there and I'm, I'm trying to go so fast to type this shit in there because I don't know if, you know, sometimes if you like buy something and you put it in a cart, it'll give you like eight minutes to finish your, your purchase, you know, for tickets or something like that. Hell, I don't know if somebody else is trying to book these same two seats, you know, cause I chose the mm-hmm. seats. I'm trying to type in my name. I put in Stacy's name in there. I mistyped and everything. I, at one point, I swiped up to do something and lost the whole fucking screen and had to find it. So I finally booked it. I got it booked. $750. It was, I mean, it was an asshole pucker in a moment. Yeah, yeah that's, but, that's terrible. But to Stacy's point, you know, we were lucky enough that we had, you know, we, we had the funds and it wasn't. So then we had to go back through TSA, go through another hole. Oh, let me back up. I bought my friend Tim a souvenir, right? And it was this, you know, those cups that you put in the refrigerator in the freezer and it's got the liquid in it. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one looked like beer, like a beer mug with beer in it because he doesn't drink beer. So, but he's always got to drink like his hard drinks out of a glass. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to get him this because then it makes him at least feel like a man, like he's drinking beer. (laughs) I go through the first TSA check through, not a problem. I go through the next TSA check through, they flag my bag. Sure. And they open it up and they're like, you can't have this. You can either check this bag or you can toss it in the garbage. Are you fucking kidding? I just went through the other TSA and they allowed it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing how many times that, that happened to me on, on my San Jose, Santa Cruz trip uh, the other week where something got flagged on the way out to Santa Cruz and TSA was ready to throw it when another TSA agent came by and handed it to me and just goes, just keep walking because the line was so bad. And yeah. then on the way back, it wasn't a problem at all. And I wanted to be like, why did it get flagged on one and not the other? That feels kind of dumb. I was like, it's clearly a gift. And she's yeah. like, well, and I was like, I guess you can fucking throw it in the garbage then. 
So she tossed it in the garbage and I, I walked out and I was like, motherfucker. So then we ended up getting on the plane and getting home about 10 o'clock, which, but man, I, I'm, I was fine the first couple of days home, but today I've been exhausted today just from tired from, from all that. Mm-hmm. But it was a great, it was a great trip. It was a trip that Stacy and I needed. It was the first trip that Stacy and I had taken in 10 years without the kids. Um, and, you know, funny side note, uh, Ken Miller was there and he texted me. So I met him at the stadium and uh, took a picture and talked to him for a little bit. And I said, what do you know? I said, what do you know, Ken? I finally made it to Vegas to an event with somebody from a radio station. <laughs> <laughs> if if, uh, if any of you listeners do not get that joke, uh, please go back and listen to our episode uh, with Ken Miller. Um, oh, my God. That was a fantastic joke. Uh, that was so good. He laughed. Oh, I'm sure right. he. I'm sure he he loved that one. Um, God, that's and they funny. Clearly, they clearly were not prepared for the cyclone uh, tailgate because when they had, they had a, uh, I guess the Luxor and uh, Mandalay Bay have like a tailgate before every home football game for the Raiders and stuff in this little mm-hmm. area, and they have it before the UNLV games. Uh, it started at 3.30. We were in line at 3.15. The line was gigantic to get in. By the time they opened the gates and we got in and I got in line for beer, I waited 30 minutes for beer. It was one guy behind. I mean, every little booth only had one guy. Mm-hmm. And he was doing mixed drinks as well or beer. Credit card machine only. By the time I got to the line, they were already out of bush light. And I didn't want to wait in line anymore. So I and I didn't know what the price of the beer was. So I was like, I'll just take six. And the guy's like, okay, that'll be $82. And I found <laughs> it's like holy fuck, $82. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's um uh, you know, what's funny is like, I got used to, to e- even just like the difference between, uh, here in Minneapolis proper and out to the suburbs. I went out to the suburbs the other night and, and, uh, had dinner and drinks and I was like, holy shit. I spent a third of what I would have, you know, six miles North. Um, so I can't, I can't even fathom. Well, especially because, like, you know, when you usually go out to Vegas, it's like casino or drinks or, you know, whatever. Especially with the the idiots, degenerate gamblers that I I roll with. Um, but uh, $82 for six beers. Yeah, um, it was – that was that was a little insane. Yeah. But I, I, I will tell you, Stacey and I had a, had a wonderful time. Uh, I just couldn't – it was – that was the first time I've ever got to go to something like that. Like I've never went to a, to a bowl game where the, you know, where everybody's been there or whatever. So it was a new experience for me. I loved it. It was super cool. I had a lot of people reach out to me on Twitter wanting to hook up and meet. And I met some great people from Twitter and some, and, and some great listeners. And, uh, some other, 
some other tailgate society members as well, yeah, right? We Aaron and uh, Sean uh, had some beers with them. Uh, I didn't catch Nicole or Jacqueline. They were too busy. Uh, Travis whirled on by. I saw Travis. Um, and then uh, hooked up with a couple of our with a couple of our guests. I met, you know, like I said, I met Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to meet George Trice. We hooked up at halftime. Oh, fantastic! Game. That's awesome. And uh, and talked it out for a little bit. And um, he had a good uh, fundraiser for the uh, for the golf trip that he had a couple weeks ago. And um, yeah, I mean, it was great. So uh, my wife was a little creeped out that so many people wanted to meet me. Uh, <laughs> she was like because she doesn't get the whole twitter thing right like you're sure. on twitter and i mean are are they they're just people that you kind of get to know in a weird sense of way you know right we right uh jeremy moore uh who uh is on twitter sent me a message he's like hey i'm sitting over here at cabo wabo it was like friday afternoon he's like why don't you come over and we can have a, a couple of drinks so i me and my group went over there and met him and uh, he he bought drinks and we hung out for an hour or so before we went to dinner and he got to know my friends and I got to know him. Turns out he lives in Clive. So we're probably going to hang out at some point. But uh, in Jordan, this one guy was in line for beer. Right. So this is a pretty good story. I'm in line for beer and this guy with a big bushy beard and he's got this Hawaiian shirt on and his stomach's all hanging out and he keeps pointing at me and waving, <laughs> pointing at me and waving. And I was like. I don't know who this fucking guy is. <laughs> so I ignored him. So then we were walking around pretty soon. We walked by again. He walked over and he goes, Hey, he's like, that probably was a little weird, but I'm Jordan from Twitter. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. Now I know who you are. So then we had a couple drinks and, and hung out, but it was kind of funny. Cause I was like, I think that guy knows who I am, but I don't know who he is. And he keeps pointing at me. And it's frankly a little creepy. Yeah, no, that's that's funny. Um when when you see someone uh uh that you you should know. Well, it's weird cuz like you said, Twitter's one of those things where you know people but you don't know them and so then like the real life thing, even someone like you might know intimately um like it's still weird to see it in real life. I uh, Yeah. Well, yeah. Then, yeah, like you said, Stacy doesn't do the whole the whole Twitter. Th- does she even listen to the podcast? She claims she does every once in a while, but she's super busy. So, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame her if she doesn't. I'm not. Every I'm not once in a while, I'll I'm flip something in a podcast, and then I'll see if she if she listens. It's like that whole thing about. Uh, it's kind of like that whole ruse with uh, the quarterback that got drafted for the Raiders um, the same year as Brady Quinn for the the Browns. He played for LSU. You know who I'm talking about. I can't remember. Oh, number yeah, one pick. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But he 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 uh, he got. They like gave him a bunch of DVDs to go home and watch, and and told him to pick out his 15 best favorite plays, so that they could go over them in practice and they would implement them into the game plan. And the next day he came in and he was like, they were like, what what plays did you like? He's like, I you know I'm good with all of them, coach. I like them all, coach. Turns out they put a hundred dollar bill in the in the case, and it was <laughs> still in there when he brought it back because they clearly knew that he didn't, he didn't watch it. It's kind of the same thing. I'll slip something in on one of these podcasts, and then if I don't get a reaction after it relaunches, then I know she didn't really listen. Oh, that's funny. So, oh well, good. Well, good. I'm glad you got to to go meet some people that that you hadn't met before. Uh, I'm glad that you and Stacy got away. Uh, you mentioned it is um, 
this was kind of your your first trip just you guys in a while um you guys are now settling into being empty nesters yeah um how's how's that feeling um you know the evenings are 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 a little different it's it's an adjustment uh we you know the boys especially caitlin's been gone for you know a few years mm-hmm. she's been home on the, uh, during the summer and taylor's been off and on been gone but you know for the last 10 years we've had pretty much had every dinner at the dinner table with the kids um, yeah and it's uh you know you make a big meal and whatever still adjusting as to what to even make for dinner and do we do we even make something and do we eat leftover you know uh, that is the weirdest thing is like just two people like cooking for two yeah. is is almost a little weird honestly well and the weirdest thing is is you know we we i don't know why it's not a conscious thing that we did on purpose but we always just sat at the dinner table mm-hmm. i think it was partially me it was more me that i grew up that way and she did too that it just kind of gave us a chance to sit and all be together and talk about our day as traditional as it was. Right. And yep. we did yep. that for the longest time. And to the point where when there would be times that we didn't do it, the kids were like, uh, are we not eating at the dinner table? Can we eat at the dinner table? It, I, you no, know? My, my, my daughter is the same way. Like, unless we're going to like be watching a movie or whatever. Uh, I mean, cause like even in the morning, like I remember, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I would wake up in the morning and I would eat my, my cereal, my King vitamin or, or, you know, my raisin bran, wherever there was like a free spot at the table in the morning. But like my daughter has like her one spot that she always sits at and, you know, every morning for breakfast or, you know, on the weekends, if she's home for lunch or at dinner, she's sitting in the exact, like it, it's become very much a ritual for her. So I totally get that. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that because that's kind of where I was going with it is now that the kids aren't home, it feels kind of silly for me to sit on clear into the other table, uh, other end of the table and Stacey <laughs> sits on the other end. So, but I've kind of defaulted and moved and she still sits at the head of the table. And now I sit on the side because I don't want to, I, it's just awkward to sit clear on the other end. I love end. the idea of you guys well, I find myself sitting on the side and I'm going, I guess I know who runs the family around here because I'm the one that moved and she's still at the head of the table. Well, yeah, no, I mean, we all knew that already. Um, I like the idea of you guys <laughs> sitting at opposite ends of the table with like a single lit candle in between you as you like both <laughs> just slurp soup. <laughs> like, like uh, There's just something about that. Um, but I mean, not, it, it's not just that, you know, you guys have, you know, an empty dinner table, but I mean, you guys were, were, you know, spending a lot of time caring for the boys activities, all of those type of things. Um, I, is it something where, do you feel like there's, there's any more of a relaxing? Do you feel like there's something missing or are you just, I, I think there's something for me, there's something missing. I mean, I miss having people in the house. Sure. Um, is it quiet? And- it's quiet. Uh, although the boys were always up in their room um, sure. in the evening, but they would come down. I don't, 
I don't miss the absolute disaster that the kitchen is when I would come down in the morning <laughs> uh, after we would go to bed and then they would, you know, tear the kitchen up and eat a bunch of stuff. I don't miss that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't miss the laundry, uh, <laughs> but um, just the little things, you know, them coming in and saying goodnight before we go to bed, them getting the, you know, them getting Bubba all wound up. They would every night the boys would come in and then want to play with Bubba and get him all wound up. And then I'd be like, you know, you could have played with a dog for the last two hours. I'm ready to go to sleep now. So get out. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> just things like that. Um, but I, it's funny because when we moved the boys in, uh, Josh had a pretty rough time. He he really was having a hard time adjusting. Mm-hmm. And lately he's been pretty good to the point where I think the first night that he didn't call at all, Stacy was like, huh, Josh didn't call me. And I think she was just a little just kind of sad about it. Sure. But um, I'm sure it's bittersweet, right? Yeah. Happy that he didn't have to call. Right. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, much more happier that he didn't have to call because that meant he was having a better night. But you you, you want um, to be wanted, but you also want to not be needed type. of Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. And they they have a, a, some friends there, I think, that they're really starting to, to get with and, 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 and hang out with. And and that's good. So but yeah, it's I think the weird thing is, is just like after dinner, like, what do we do? You know? Mm-hmm. Well, we. Oh shit! We're yeah. it's just the two of us. We have to talk right, to each now, other. Right. I mean, <laughs> honestly, there'd be a time. You know, we'd watch TV or whatever. But she was probably up four or five times, going up and swapping laundry or 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 you know or yep. whatever or yep, the boys yep. getting something or getting things ready for the next day or yeah yeah. Whereas now, when the boys aren't here, and I'm working from home, I'm doing the laundry during the day. So by the time she gets home and I've already made dinner, other than picking up the dinner dishes our nights are free mm-hmm. so you know we will try to go for a walk or we'll uh maybe go do some shopping or whatever or uh you know tonight we just kind of hung out on the couch and watch tv or whatever and but uh we're trying not to go out to eat as much but that has failed well it, it is it is tough when there's just two because it, it's it, well, I, I mean, I, I found this when I, when, when, you know, I mean, it, I remember years ago as a bachelor, like I used to always say, like, there should be bachelor bread or things like that. Like, uh, almost nothing is one to two servings that you buy in a grocery store. And even if you buy to bake or, or whatever, it's still hard to make something that isn't going to give you leftovers, but then by Wednesday you already have a fridge full of leftovers. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> and man, I like last weekend I ate like leftover spaghetti and, and a leftover like chicken stir fry thing and a leftover <laughs> Mac and cheese, like all these leftovers, but then like, okay. So that was like, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and it's like Saturday. It's like I already ate the meals I cooked, and now I'm already eating the leftovers. I I'm already sick of all of this. I want to just go, you know, grab a burger somewhere or grab a pizza somewhere or whatever. Like it's just ten times easier when there's more and more food because there's less people to help you. You're not getting eat, eaten out of house and home, and now you're you have more food and you're sick of it quicker. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, you, it's hard to adjust how much you're making. Yeah. Well, like, for sure. you know, for sure. I'll buy, you know, especially if we make chili or something like that. Uh, we made chili, I don't know, like last week or something. I think I ate it for like four days in a row, whether it was for lunch. And then we didn't want to cook. So we, I, I just ate that for dinner and then I ate it for lunch the next day and yeah, and yeah. whatever. But um, well, I mean, and you had two teenage boys and they weren't, they weren't, you know, big boys by any means, but they still ate more than you would expect like i mean like that's yeah that's enough food going out that you're not accounting for i you probably don't realize how much they ate until they left my dad used to my dad used to to joke that i would eat him out of house and home and i totally understand like i I mean we would go through cottage cheese and, and just the 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 just the snack stuff alone would be bad enough you know we might buy three bags of chips and some cottage cheese and some ice cream and milk and cereal and in three days it's all gone because you know in the evening they would just eat and eat and eat yeah you know they wouldn't they wouldn't eat hardly anything that we would make for dinner but then in the evening they were you know an entire bag of checks mix was gone in like a day and a half yeah yeah, well, and, and that that's one of the things, too, like, just not having snack foods. Yeah. Uh, right? Yep. The other thing is, is that now we find ourselves, like, I, it was always hard with, with some of our friends who didn't have the kids, and we couldn't do anything, and now we're kind of in that group where we're like, well, we can go do this, and Let's call Tim and Sarah. Well, they got Colby and Connor. Connor's got a a soccer game tonight and Colby's got this going on, you know, or whatever. And so, and we're like, well, shit, what are we going to do? You know? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, like, I remember that, you know, first having kids is like, uh, or like when my friends first had kids before I had a kid, um, you know, I would say, hey, uh, you know, I, I got an extra ticket to, William Elliot Whitmore at the Turf Club. You're what are you doing? He's like, I have a kid, man. I can't just leave. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. Like, yeah, yeah. And so you're kind of going through that all again, where it's like, a, oh, yeah, we that's right. They have they they have things, and it's not like, well, because I would imagine weekends are weird too, right? Like it's one thing when like you're working all day, and the the boys would have been doing school or whatever, but like a Saturday morning has to have a very different vibe to it too. They're home on the weekends now. Oh, but, oh are they? Uh, okay. Yeah, because okay. We, we, we bring them home on the weekends. But, they're I mean, they're self-sufficient at that point that we can still go do things or whatever else. Sure. Um, football games have been a little different because they don't really like to go to the games. Sure. I mean, they like they like it, but they can, they'd be perfectly content with staying home. Mm-hmm. But they're, it's not something where we could be in Ames all day long and, and then be home. I mean, that's just not – a good sure. idea sure, um sure sure so <clears throat> typically we'll we'll take them with us or they'll go to a friend's house or something like that um for the day or for the evening if it's an evening game or something like that but do do they do they have stories for you or they've just, just decided that they're not they're not telling you because i well, i know we that i know they were both very excited to kind of like get out okay. and explore on their own so, so you know we talked about this jordan was 
Jordan was adamant that he was getting a girlfriend and, and oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think Josh is probably quite the ladies' man. <laughs> uh, we went, we dropped him off a couple weeks ago, and there was three. There's three girls in the program, and they they live in the same apartment mm-hmm. next door to Jordan, but down the hall from Josh, and they constantly will not leave Joshua alone. <laughs> uh, to the point where uh, we took him to dinner last night and they had a activity going on at seven. So we went to go have pizza last night and um, we pulled in and we dropped them off at the front door of the complex. And as we went around the corner, the three girls were waiting at the other door where they normally go in. And when they saw our car, all three girls took a dead sprint to the front of the building. Because they knew they dropped them off there. But Josh said we were having dinner, and I think one of the girls had texted him like three times, wanting to know when he was going to be done with dinner. And he's like, "They will, they will not leave me alone. Like I'm really good friends. I'm good friends with so and so, but this one girl will not leave us alone. She's constantly banging on our door." And and I was like, "Dude, happens to me all the time." <laughs> 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 yeah i i believe that um <laughs> but i don't hear as much from jordan about it although i did he did post uh on his instagram um a picture with a couple of the ras and they were fairly cute so i think he was pretty happy about that but um it did not take very long for the allure of girls to wear off because jordan calls them quite annoying because they will constantly not leave them alone banging on the door and wanting to talk to them. Well, you know, um, one of those things that that I always think about uh, when we entrust uh, people in their late teens or early 20s to make decisions and, and look man this is not me being a grumpy old man like kids shouldn't have a say or whatever you're an adult do whatever but i'm also not gonna necessarily trust an 18 year old because i was an 18 year old once and i thought talking to 18 year old girls was fascinating uh i don't think i could handle talking to an 18 year old girl for more than five minutes anymore uh, no. So, so, so I would just say that Jordan is wise beyond his years. Frankly, <laughs> <laughs> I would tell Jordan, I also agree. Eighteen-year-old girls are annoying. <laughs> I think he has figured it out fairly quickly that um, he's he's had enough of that a little bit. Uh, yeah, no kidding. No, but. that's awesome. They're they're doing well. So and, and Josh's uh, anxiety is is calmed down quite a bit. And uh, although there's been a couple times they've made it to class, so I've swiped on their apps to turn all their apps off because if they don't make it to class, then I turn all their stuff off on their phones. Okay, so so so, so now this is something I wanted to get into uh, with you tonight. This was another thing um, because. Uh, and, and certainly I know your boys are, are in a unique kind of situation, but I was talking uh, with uh, my Lyft driver about parenting in this age versus parenting that like our parents had, right? Like 
I know that there's a lot that I can learn from my parents, but there's also a lot that my parents did that I can throw out the window, not because they weren't parents, but because it doesn't apply anymore. Yeah. Uh, right. And that comes to, uh, you know, social media or access to these things or uh, can you imagine, give me an, give me uh, your thoughts on how Melvin would have reacted if he could use an app to check on your performance in college, because we all know what kind of student you were. <laughs> uh, let's see. We're 52 minutes in. He's, it took you this long to take a shot. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I, no, I, I'm not saying anything you haven't already said. That's true. That's true. And, um, and, and yeah, I'm sorry. How I, many, I mean, how, I'm having how many a hard years? time processing. Uh, you got to give me a second because I'm having a hard time even even envisioning dad being able to use a cell phone, let alone know how to turn <laughs> something off. I mean, I'll, I'll just say this. There were plenty of times uh, that I would have to go over and clear my dad's history before my mom came home from a, uh, <laughs> from a trip. So, uh, and he worked in a computer store and didn't know how to clear his history. So the oh, thought God, of that, having that... access to an app to be able to check my performance. Let's let's pretend okay. like he did know. How okay. to do that. I will tell you that it would not have been good. <laughs> uh, here's the story. I may have told this story before. The first time that he got online banking. Have I told mm -hmm. this story? I, I don't, it I was don't, like a day know. and a half. He had online banking where you could log in and look at your bank account. Yeah. Mom came home from Walmart. He met her in the driveway. Wanting to know what she spent seventy five dollars on, <laughs> he had he had went and checked as soon as she went to Walmart and kept refreshing the screen. And he went outside. I was there, and he was like, "What'd you spend seventy five dollars on at Walmart?" And my mom was like, "Let me tell you something right fucking now. If that's the way it's going to be with you logging in and checking that, you can unplug that fucking computer right now. I have not answered <laughs> to you." For 30 some years of what I've spent at the store. So unless you want to take your ass to the store and go buy your own fucking groceries, we're not having this conversation. Um the, so I, I I assume I assume your parents like you know, because like I still balance a checkbook up until like 15 years ago, like well beyond the time that I needed to balance a checkbook. And like, you know, like people used to always be like, I don't understand why they don't teach balancing a checkbook in high school. I'm like, because no one fucking is going to need to do that in five years. And right. sure enough, no one does uh, because I never balanced my checkbook because it was always wrong. And then I didn't really want to know how much farther in the hole I, 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 I was going to I was going to say you never balanced your checkbook just because you were terrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was terrified I, to find out that I was somewhere off by two hundred dollars. But I, but I assume that your mom probably balanced her checkbook. Like, was your mom in charge of the no. bills? No, dad. Was. No, dad was. Okay, dad was in charge of the checkbook. Dad was in charge of of, of paying bills and in, in in the checkbook. So then, how did he not already know that she was spending seventy five bucks at Walmart? Because he didn't know at the time. Like this was instant. They may have had the conversation later when the check came in and he's not the checkbook. But I mean, oh, imagine, I mean, she didn't even get out of the car with the bags and he oh. was outside wanting to know what she what he's doing. Oh, okay, okay. So now, so that really so that, that, that Melvin Stacey that Melvin will go to the store now. Stacy will go to the store now and say, I'm gonna get I'm gonna go and get shampoo and I don't know, toilet paper. Yeah. And she'll be gone for 40 minutes. 
and have seven sacks. Yeah. And I'll well, be I mean, like, I just thought you were going just... into Target. That's what I do every time in Target. But yeah. <laughs> I was like, but I'll be like, not that I care, because obviously whatever you bought, we're probably going to use. Yeah, yeah. No, no. St- st- but Stacey's I'm not very, sure how um... you went from two things to seven bags. <laughs> well, I mean, now I don't even say anything. It's just a given. And it's not even, but at the early on in the relationship, I was like, yeah, I mean, I mean, you hate it until you realize, um, oh shit, I am out of, uh, toothpaste and deodorants and, and Stacy goes, no, it's right here in the linen closet. And you're like, oh, okay. Because you did think ahead and do all of these things. And I just would have been the idiot that would have gone to work smelling out of my pits and mouth. I'd have stopped at the no gas station grab some, uh, yeah. grab some of the on the way. You would have grabbed like mints and an air freshener and rubbed the air freshener under your pits. <laughs> right. <laughs> like one of those those pine trees for your car and just worn that around your neck and be like, this is good enough. <laughs> um, there you go. Okay, so so that so Melvin calls at your mom. Get, pretend that Melvin has access to your your college performance um well it would not i mean he would he would definitely be checking every day oh sure he would check it every couple days would he call Uh, you out every time or would he okay well he would definitely focus on the negative if if everything was good it wouldn't be like i'd get a phone call and say hey check your grades you're doing great keep it up Mm -hmm. that was not his style yeah because that was expected yeah Right. Like that was that. I shouldn't get a pat on the back for doing what I'm fucking supposed to be doing. That was kind of his motto. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And you and you've mentioned that before, which by the way, he was proud of me. But I mean, just saying, like, I wasn't getting a pat on the back for doing what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Now, if he saw grade slipping or whatever else, I'd have got a phone call. I'd have got uh, funds cut off Mm -hmm. for sure. Um. He would, and he would, it would always be, like, he might initially be angry, but there was always a a reasoning of he wanted me to excel more than he ever could. So it was always on a disappointment level. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because he knew that I was capable of doing so much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would always have that type of um, lesson to it. So <clears throat> he may have called me and said, you know, I, this is bullshit. You, you know, I'm not, I'm not paying for this for you to, to fuck around up there and you better get your shit together. You know, and, and to be honest with you, uh, you know, I, I'm working really hard to give you this opportunity and I expect you to, to, to work just as hard um, to not disappoint me mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people that wouldn't have that opportunity. He would put things in perspective like that. Sure. Sure. And sure. I still, I still kind of live that way today. Uh, last, last Monday is a perfect example, Tim, when, when, when the whole plane thing happened, not a lot. I could have sat there and been really pissed off that they canceled that flight and been upset and let it get to me. But not a lot of people would have been able to take a trip like that with his wife and enjoy that weekend and have the memories 
So that's what mm-hmm. I should be happy mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. and just deal with, do what I got to do to get home. No, it's not an ideal situation. But it's not but the end of the world. Your, You're going to get home eventually. And right. You, but look at your, look at your blessing of, of what you could have done. His probably his, what I had said earlier, he probably would have said, you're lucky that you're in a position that when you had to book another flight, you had that money that you could, that you could access and do. There's a lot of people that take trips like that, that are on a thin budget that if that would have happened, maybe they wouldn't have had an extra 700 and some dollars laying around that they could have. Mm-hmm. booked another flight then what would you have done yeah i that's 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 a really good uh perspective i you know i i always struggle when uh shit goes south to um remind myself how much worse things um could be i re- i recently without getting too personal i had something that happened to me uh, recently that was basically like a 10th as bad as something similar happened to my friend. And it, it took a hard time for me to kind of bring my perspective back around to be like, Oh no, he has it much worse. Um, I, I mean, when you get caught up in the moment, sometimes it's, it's hard to, to remember that and i think that's something that you kind of have to like it has to be like a trained learned behavior and that's where something like what melvin did for you it wasn't like to necessarily get you to to notice it in the move in the moment but it was it was to train you to train your way of thinking to train your perspective to train the way that you approach situations right um you know, that's something I've, I've learned here recently as, as a dad is like, I don't have to make things for my daughter right the first time. I just need to help her understand how to tackle them each time. And the more she learns this skill, the more it becomes like this innate thing, right? So the more that Melvin taught you this skill, it's not even a conscious thing at that point. It's more just like a, it's training a reflex into you. It's training a way that you're going to approach that. Um, even if you don't get it nine times out of 10, you're still doing it. And so that, that 10th time out of 10, it all falls into place. You know, I, I forgot about that for the longest time. I forgot what he would teach me because, and I, I don't know that we've talked a lot about, uh, what I like to call the BS area Mm -hmm. uh, era, which was before Stacy. Um, I wasn't a very happy person i wasn't sure. a very good person you uh, talk about how you didn't have patience and and right but i also there was a lot of um s- there was a lot of self-pity that i had in my life because sure. i always felt like things were unfair um one of my things that i i would say all the time is is why why does that have to happen to me mm-hmm. and um i'm just i'm just not like that anymore i mean i i would have I would have dwelled on the negative so much 12, 13, 14 years ago, if that would have happened mm-hmm. rather than focus on the positives that I try to focus on now. Uh, sure. And that's a lot of those lessons that dad taught me. I just didn't take, I didn't take hold. Cause it was, it's a hell of a lot easier to, 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 to wallow in self pity than it is to, to push that down and 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 toughen up 
really, and and fight that. And yeah. it's it's funny that we're talking about that because uh, four years ago on Monday was the day that I got diagnosed for cancer. Mm-hmm. And if I would have uh, if I would have had that mantra twelve years ago, if I would have got cancer twelve years ago and, and been in that position, I don't know that I would have fought it as well as I did four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you had brought that up um, on Twitter this week, and I didn't I didn't want to let that you know go without acknowledging because I think that's that's one of those things that when you when you uh tell your story about that um i don't know that you even you know acknowledge for yourself kind of uh just the impact that not dwelling in the negative has not only for your own well-being but for those around you like i don't want to i don't want to overly make you into a hero or anything like that not because you you aren't in my eyes because you absolutely are but i don't want you to feel like but but i i think what you what you did on having a better attitude made it better for your loved ones as well right so it's not just that your attitude it's not that you didn't just get dragged down by your own attitude but you didn't drag anyone down with you and I, th- yeah. and I th- and I think that's that's kind of a, a a type of of leadership, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, that probably taught a better lesson uh, than I think other people realized, and was just more about humility than other people realize as well. Is that fair? It, yeah, I think that's fair. I also think that probably what I what I decided that that moment was was that was an opportunity for me also to be to make the ultimate sacrifice for my family and for my kids mm-hmm. in that as scared as I was and as worried as I was the ultimate thing that you do as a father is you make sure that your kids and your family and your wife don't feel that mm-hmm. and that's what I tried to do I never once gave them an impression that I didn't believe that I was not going to be okay privately in the middle of the night or after everybody would go to bed. I was scared shitless. I was vulnerable and I was scared shitless. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would have a lot of deep conversations with myself about what I wanted to do with my life and what I wanted to, uh, what my legacy was going to be. Mm-hmm. Not that I had this huge platform or a huge, I, it was just a matter of one person at a time. I was going to try to be a better person. Mm-hmm. And as superficial as this sounds, uh, Twitter is and Twitter has really helped me with that. That can be a complete cesspool piece of shit app. But that has really helped me develop a lot of relationships with people. Um, just kind, just kindness and people that are that are are good people. Um, and 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 turning some of those negatives into good 
and, and things like that. And I, uh, that's just what the platform was when I, when I decided that I was going to, to, to change my outlook on certain things. Um, I use every Avenue that I have to, to express that. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things because sometimes when you're going through something, you want so desperately for someone to understand what you're going through that you kind of forget that they don't have to. That when you're when you're asking someone to understand what you're going through, what you're really doing is transferring your burden onto them. And so it's such a natural reaction to try to do that, but you don't realize that you're doing that. And so if you can take a step back and say, okay, you know what, man, I'm going to process this here. No one else needs my burden. Um, I, that That is huge. And then to be able to find other avenues to kind of uh, channel that, that you know, uh, challenge and frustration or confusion or whatever into uh, other areas or other people or, or other ways and, and, and spin it into something positive is something that... Um, you know, I'm I'm forever humbled by because I just tend to be uh, uh, a bitter, grumpy curmudgeon. So, um, I mean, it works for me, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just a uh, I don't know how to express it. There's sometimes, like when that anniversary comes up, I even think to myself, do I even need to post about it anymore? Because it doesn't define who I am. Sure. But then I always think to myself, what if somebody reads that and then reaches out and asks me questions because somebody else is going through the same thing, which has yeah. happened. Yeah, man. I mean, to me, it's never it's never come across as you. It's never come across as braggadocio or or, you know, arrogance so much as it's been like sharing your story and inspiring hope you know what i mean and or like giving someone giving someone an avenue to talk about it too you know it, it's yeah. like you know like i've been fairly forthcoming on twitter about uh my mental health issues and my depression and my anxiety and it's not because i want anyone to pity me um but it's because I want people to feel comfortable to be able to talk about those things, right? I, I, I don't think we get better. I, mean, I don't think we destigmatize shit like that if we're not being clear and open and honest about that. Uh, now, I'm sure I go too far, way too frequently, and, and, and I don't want it to be that way. But I think, I think good, healthy dialogue, and as much as Twitter is not good, healthy dialogue, as, as we've talked about before, uh, but at the same time, there's also something, uh, you know, we we both have made good friends over Twitter that have, have you know, friendships that have blossomed beyond Twitter uh, uh, just because that vulnerability and that honesty helps someone else who's maybe struggling to also be vulnerable and honest. Um, not to pat ourselves on the back by any means, but I think, you know, point of this podcast is helping people to just talk through shit right yeah for for sure and i and and you can make twitter or facebook or any other interaction you have what you need to make it 
you can either you can either fall into that trap of being negative or you can rise above it. And it's hard. It's very hard not to not to get dragged into the mud. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I get I get dragged down there I, way too yeah, often. I'll, I'll you, you, a, I, I drag other people into it way too often. I, I, I'll give you a perfect example. Yesterday. So Charlie Brewer, who used to play quarterback for the for the uh, for the Baylor Bears. Sure. Uh, went to Utah. Yep. Started three games for Utah. Um, he got benched or not. He's not starting. Yep. And he left the program. And there's a pretty high profile person on Twitter that had tweeted out and called him soft. And I was like, listen, are you telling me that a guy that's had multiple concussions has played four years in college football? Soft? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Just now, I mean, I get that you want clicks and likes, but calling somebody that that has gone through multiple concussions in a college football environment soft, that's a little pathetic. When people were calling out Simone Biles uh, in the Olympics a few months ago, I just I was like, fuck out of here with that that garbage. Right. Like, what what are you doing? What, are, what like first of all. None of those athletes, not a single athlete in the world owes you anything. Right. They do not owe you anything. And the fact that a billion other people put themselves through hell to make you happy is not admirable. Right? Because at the end of the day, they went through hell. For what? Your admiration? Who cares? That's not worth anything. It pissed me off because soft is such a – the kid's not soft. Yeah. If he was soft, he'd quit a long time ago. Sure. Now, I don't know why he left that team. Maybe he did leave because he was pissed he lost the starting job. But maybe, to somebody else's point that made it, maybe the kid was thinking, well, if I'm not going to start, are concussions really worth it here? I've put my 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 body through a lot. Right. I'm obviously not going pro. Right. So is it time to hang it up? But to call him soft, you, you can call him anything you want when it comes to leadership, maybe. Yeah. Or being part of a team, but to call him soft physically was out of line, and I called him out on it. And I thought to myself, "Now I'm probably going to get a lot of heat because this guy's got a lot of followers." Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, I got a lot of people that backed me up. Uh, and and I and I, I think I tweeted out last week. I said, "Let's see. Today I have argued with a misogynist. I've argued with some anti-vaxer." And I've argued with, I don't know, somebody else about something. And and one one guy, he had tweeted out about um, uh, a friend of ours mm-hmm. uh, that was on the podcast. And it said that she was a puke and that she uh, was looking for, for likes because she went out without makeup on and whatever. And I was like, are you seriously attacking somebody, a woman, because she was proud that she went outside without makeup on and that empowered her? I was like, you're a fucking douchebag. And I went, I went at him hard. And, uh, and then he's like, you're not any better than me. You're not, you, you, you don't have a moral high ground. Oh, I certainly didn't disparage a woman because of her looks. I, and, and, and the reason you did it was for people to hit that like button so that you could get some validation. That's what that is. And anybody that claims that they don't post anything on Twitter for validation is full of shit. Even I do. If I tweet something out that I think is funny or whatever, of course I want somebody to hit that like button. That's why I'm on the app. 
So for you to say you're not is total horseshit and you're a liar. Yeah. But yeah. you can yeah. do it. You can do it in fun, exciting ways to engage people, or you can do it to either make fun of people or at other people's expense. Mm-hmm. And I ain't got time for that bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I've, I've, and I, and I part of part of why I, I took some time off here i i've taken some serious uh uh timeouts here from a lot of social media uh because i know that i'm contributing and not just that twitter's bringing me down but i'm contributing to it as well um but just for my mental health to just not be focused on a bunch of uh people dunking on each other all the time like you know, so my, my friend Andy, who passed away a couple of years ago, um, we were early adopters to, to Twitter. And back then, all we did was ma- we made jokes about like it was really dumb stuff. It was like things a soup spoon would say. It's like it's just it, like it makes no sense. But it was things that made us giggle and made a couple other people giggle. And that's all it was. It wasn't it, Twitter at that point wasn't like the source of news. Uh and that's the double-edged sword of Twitter right now is like you doom scroll. But at the same time, I, I feel when I am not on Twitter, I feel more disconnected to what's going on in the world. Um, uh, because there's not a traditional news medium anymore. Uh, the news cycle is so fast that by the time you watch the 10 o'clock news, you're already five hours behind. Um, but yeah, I realized I neither needed to participate in or contribute to uh, just the negativity that's out there. Um, and I didn't know a way to contribute to things positively, so I just decided to step away for a while. Um, man, I I don't know. I I want to be able to find a, a better way to, to engage, but until I figure that out, maybe it's just best to just shut up and sit on the sidelines for once. I don't know. Um, I kind of have a problem with that. And, and, and I'll tell you why, because if all the good people just sit up and shut up and go to the sidelines, what do we got left? And, and, and this leads into something I wanted to talk about anyways, off of Twitter. You and I both saw that video of that fucking nut job in Ankeny who, <laughs> who uh, threatened the school board members and telling them where he lives and whatever because they enacted a, a mask mandate. Yeah. And I said to Stacy last night, I said, "What do you think of what do you think of the idea if I was to run for school board?" And she was like, "I would hate it." And I was like, "Why?" She's like, "Not because I don't think you would do a great job, but because I wouldn't want the shit show that would happen and come at you for being on there. And I said, right. But the problem is, is that if enough people are afraid to do it and the good people don't do it, what do we got left? And I, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, Tim, we're at a, we're at a crux right now in this country. What's the turnout for a school board election? Do you think 2%? Maybe, maybe that's how they get an in. They slide into these local little races and everything else and start wreaking fucking havoc. Could you imagine if a couple of those QAnon fucking crazies got on a school board and what would happen? Well, because, 
because I don't vote in a in a school board election and I don't educate myself on who's running. There is I, a there is a QAnon crazy on my daughter's right. school board. And it sucks and because I don't and, and and I don't I don't live I don't live in her district, so I don't even get a vote on that, which sucks. Uh, yeah, even more. Um yeah, it you're you're right. Like it's and that's something that I've even like I've had this conversation with my mom because my mom is like, I don't ever like to talk politics. I don't like to talk politics. I'm happy not knowing what's going on. And I'm like, uh but if enough people just say, Well, that's garbage and I don't want to engage with it, the garbage can eventually take over. Yes. Or, Right. And so you have to find a way to like not get dra dragged down by the garbage and not get pulled into the garbage, but still address it. I would have an argument. I used to have an argument with dad all the time about uh, a family member of ours and how much I every time they lied or pulled some bullshit, I called him on it. And he would be like, why do you do that? Why? He's like, well, all you do is cause an argument and all you do is cause friction. And I was like, dad, it's somebody has to put a stop to it. If everybody just goes along with it, then they're going to think it's okay. And I am just can't do that. I can't let that shit go. Yeah. If nobody says anything, then they're going to think their behavior is okay. And it's not. Well, it's, it's, it's like, so, so. Uh, J.D. Shulton today tweeted, this isn't the Iowa that I grew up in. Um, and two thoughts. One is, J.D. was in high school when Steve King was elected, so it absolutely is the Iowa that you grew up right. in. Uh, but two, um, it wasn't the Iowa that you grew up in because people weren't emboldened. It's not because those people didn't exist. And right. Then, and the more people get away with shit, the more they get emboldened to do it more, right? That's that's what we've learned, right? Like, like I can't. So the the whole Charlottesville thing that happened, what was that, two thousand eighteen or whatever, right? Yeah. Like the whole Charlottesville thing would have been, uh, just atrocious and unbelievable, ten years prior, twenty years prior. But because we slowly started to road away at what was scandalous and what was radical and what was whatever, that it started to slowly normalize shittiness to the point where people felt like, no, what we feel is a perfectly valid viewpoint. You know, I mean, we, yeah. we, we fought a whole war over the fact that, like, Nazis are bad. And now we're sitting here <laughs> again having to be like, well. That's both sides of this. Well, no, no, no. This is this is settled. This 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 is shitty behavior. But when oh well, we don't get into the, you know, once you don't get into to some of that, then it starts to get. Uh, you, you're just allowing that stuff to happen again. So I I I do see what you're saying, and so I think I think. I think maybe I guess the lesson for me is don't get dragged into it, or dra get dragged down by it, but still be a voice for something different. Right. No, I, that's, that's 100%. And they certainly aren't afraid to, to, to stand up and, and talk about what they believe is right. Yeah. So I'll be damned if I'm going to back off. And I, and I think sometimes 
I think Stacey, it, it, it bothers Stacy a little bit that I'm so outspoken about that stuff. But I just deeply in my heart believe that when things are wrong, I can't let them go by. It's, well, it's, I've been like that my entire life. When I think something is wrong or I think something needs to be called out, I just can't let it go to the point where I, 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 there's a lot of people on Facebook that I'm friends with that I've had to unfollow so that I don't get engaged. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, and there's, there's certainly a, a, a little bit of picking your battles too, right? Like yes. there's, there's some people you just don't have to engage. You're not going to convert everyone and don't waste your energy on, on all of the little, don't waste your energy on it all. Focus your energy on, on something good. Well, um, and it's certain people for me. It's certain people yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I I have a couple nephews that don't see eye to eye with me on on politics, but I don't unfollow them because I love them. I know they're good people. It's okay for us to have differences. We don't ever argue. We don't ever scream. And, and you know what I mean? We we just don't. There's some other family members. They're so out outside of the bounds that I just have to unfollow them because I cannot the 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 crazy conspiracy bullshit that they post on a daily basis i it fathoms the mind that mm-hmm. i just can't deal with it i just can't so and melvin did not raise somebody to just turn a blind eye uh well yeah i mean he certainly doesn't seem like someone who would have been shy with an opinion <laughs> he did not. <laughs> if you could wrap up a sentence, of a, uh, use a sentence to describe a man, that would be it. He would not cry <laughs> about letting people know what he knew or what he thought. That's for sure. Oh, all good. Well, shoot, Chris, I, we're probably about out of time. One thing I want to make sure we talk about is the new uh, title sponsor for the Tailgate Society. Yes. Uh, friend of the podcast friend of yours um yes. really excited to have him on uh Rolton distillery uh rob and, and his team have decided to uh uh throw their name on on uh, our humble little website um uh yeah i i'm sure you've talked to him about this um, i have th- does, you know, he, does he know what he's getting himself into well, I mean, he was on the podcast. He's listened to us, so he knows how <laughs> crazy we are. So, and yet he still felt the need to stick his name of his wonderful company on on our on our website. Now, Rob and his wife Christy uh, uh, own Revelton uh, Distillery in Osceola, uh, so it's actually right across from I thirty five from the casino. So one side of the of I-35 is the casino. The other side is Revelton's Distillery. Um, but you can pick it up in any local uh, fairway and um, high V and uh, local spirit shops. They've got a great honey-infused whiskey and vodka. They have an unbelievable mulberry gin. Um, they also have a cream liqueur that uh, we use in coffee and, and things like that. I've been drinking the honey whiskey tonight. Um, so, and I think they're a year and a half away for some, from some bourbon. 
which I'm super excited to try. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm very excited about that. I've been even using the cream liqueur. Actually, I'm out now. Uh, but that was a a nice kind of Saturday morning little treat. Uh, you know, brunching at home uh, in my coffee. It was perfect. Well, I lost a bet to my uh, nephew on the uh, Iowa, Iowa State game. And uh, the bet was we have to send each other uh, a local bottle of whiskey. So he'll be getting a co- he'll be getting a bottle of the honey flavored whiskey. And and Matt, their vice president, came out to the tailgate uh, for the Iowa game and dropped off a couple bottles for all of us to enjoy. So that was that was great. But I, I highly encourage everybody to check him out. Local kid grew up on the south side of Des Moines, him and his wife, um, and have just won, done wonderful things, and, and uh, we're super excited to have him on board. Yeah, um, man, I I think, uh, you know, we had talked about it with Rob on the podcast, uh, as well as others. Um, I, I think a, a spirits company really can't you really can't get a better sponsor for the tailgate society. Uh, not that everything has to do with, with drinking, uh, over at our humble little site, but, uh, we certainly, (laughs) we certainly have enough podcasts and articles, uh, discussing that. I mean, it is called the tailgate society and, and, and you can't have a tailgate without, uh, having a few cocktails for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to, to to see how this relationship develops, and and uh, you know maybe you know we can get back. You know we've talked about maybe getting down and and going and seeing Rob and and uh, talking with him again. Um, I mean that guy certainly dropped some some parental life lesson truth bombs on us uh, that night for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, you know, I, we've got a, a whole lot of exciting things going on at, at the Tailgate Society. I think uh, football season is really kind of where we hit our stride again. I think people get really, really excited for uh, talking, not just college uh, professional as well, but man, I think a lot of us contributors over at TGS get really excited about this time of year. So you see a lot of renewed energy. Um a lot of other great things going on. I was talking with uh, our friend Aaron, my my co-host at at Bitter Units, about maybe a guest appearance on another one of the Tailgate Society podcasts that he's going to be on. That I've already kind of jumped down a rabbit hole today, so I can't wait for that to come out. Um, you know. It, we're uh we're constantly churning out new content. Do you have anything else uh in the hopper or anything else you're you're thinking of for um, maybe a sneak peek here? Well, we are uh I know that uh the newest member, Mackenzie Duffy, uh who is Caitlin's friend, um she's new on the team and uh she's a big hockey girl. So I think they've got some stuff in the works. Uh I've tried to talk uh, her and Caitlin into doing a podcast where she just basically teaches Caitlin hockey and uh, and brings <laughs> her on as a, as a brand new fan, um, which I think would be pretty funny. Uh, but um, as a Minnesotan, I would appreciate that, and I would love to be able to laugh at Caitlin as much as she laughed at me for not knowing right. slang. Um, but I I don't have too much in the works. I, I know that we're still kind of have had some discussions with Marcus Pfizer um, about 
another podcast with him, uh, strictly in a sports debate t- style, um, kind of a pro versus Joe type of thing. Clearly, I am not the pro, uh, although <laughs> you look at my body of work, I don't know why anybody would think different, but uh yeah no absolutely um but yeah uh, so many other good things out so please go ahead and check us out at the tailgatesociety.com uh i should have this up in front of me it's tgate society at twitter i don't remember the instagram i am on instagram uh in theory i don't know how much in practice i'm on instagram <laughs> um, which is why I I'm on TikTok it. though. We're on TikTok though. Uh, on TikTok. You know we yeah. got a video that's like over got over six hundred thousand views. It's me miss hitting a golf ball, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I do not contribute to this TikTok. Oh, um, it's so bad. Um the shit oh. that goes viral, it's so bad. Oh, excellent. Um, well, shoot, I, I think, I think we're at about it. Chris, is there anything else you kind of wanted to touch on plug anything else? Just keep, uh, keep listening. Uh, we're going to, um, we're going to try to get back to our roots, I think, and, and do more of this. I know we've had a lot of, uh, a lot of guests on lately, but, um, we, uh, we get back to our roots and, and talking about current events and, and things like that. And, you know, if you guys have any ideas and you want us to talk about, shoot us a message and we'd be happy to to ring it in. So, yeah, absolutely. Please reach out to us. Strength underscore old on Twitter or SciGrad, SciDad or Tim Johnson MN. Please tell us what you want to hear, uh, what you're liking, what you're not. Uh, I will always take any type of uh, mockery of Chris that you want to share uh our our friend bill material there our friend bill has not been shy about sharing any of that and uh it makes me never coming on by the way (laughs) i was just gonna say we need to have bill on that would be (laughs) fit you know what's gonna happen is someday uh i'm gonna be hanging out with with bill in st louis or he's gonna be up here in minnesota or whatever and and i'll make sure we record one of those nights and, and sneak him on uh, fuckers just need to meet in the middle here in Des Moines and we'll just all record together. We we do, we do. Some of my best nights with Bill were in Des Moines. So uh I think that would be perfect. I think that would be fun. Excellent. Um, well, once again, you have uh I, I'm not gonna say that you wasted your time with this. I I hope that you've enjoyed or l- learned or laughed with or at us on another hour and change of old man strength. I am again, Tim Johnson joined as always by Chris Shipley. Please check us out once again, strength underscore old and at the tailgate society at the tailgate society.com. This has been old man strength and we will see you guys next time. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours terrorizing street corners Just to try to get some supper in our hands Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest Green bloody murder until someone understands That it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women I make this noise just because I can And we'll all join in 
Get that original sin.